grace and mercy and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for today comes from Ezekiel chapter 37. Ezekiel says, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. And he led me around among them, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and behold, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. This is the text. Dear friends in Christ, can you imagine living in a time or a place where the place where you live or the time in which you live is sharply divided, not just by geography or language, but politics as well, where leaders do not seem to care about the people they are called to serve and act as if morals do not matter, where political scandals were simply a moderate misstep and not an ethical hurdle. Can you imagine living in a time where the church was empty, a time where the church took a backbench to paganism and heathenism and hedonism and pantheism? Can you imagine living in a time where wars were killing not just soldiers, but women and children. A time where there was saber-rattling by superpowers, where the rich flaunted their wealth and the poor were powerless to do anything. Can you imagine living in a time of pandemic when disease was bringing man's mortality to the fore and the way of life and the richness of the way of life in your country or nation that it had once received from God was not just tossed aside, but the blessings of God were attributed to the intellect and will of men, false gods, or just plain dumb luck. Do you ever feel like you are living in a time of fear where you, the godly, wonder if God is paying attention to what is happening down here? Do you ever feel like you, the God-fearing, are outnumbered by those who simply eat and drink and are merry as the world goes to hell in a handbasket? If indeed you feel like you live in such a time, then you feel as the Israelites did in the time of Ezekiel's vision in the Valley of Dry Bones. Ezekiel and his fellow Jews are exiled in Babylon. The Jewish kingdom is split. Jerusalem has fallen. The temple has been burned. And for the first part of Ezekiel's ministry, he has preached God's divine judgment on the sin of his people. The Jews are a people without hope as the kings that rule over them care not for their Jews or their God, their temple, or their worship. They are dispersed amongst the heathen, ridiculed, oppressed, divided, and killed in a land that is not their own. Those who are left that fear God have watched their fellow countrymen walk away from God, worship other gods. Their church is burned, their traditions are ignored, their land is taken away and they themselves are exiled. Those that are left that have not worshipped other gods have one question in mind. God, where are you? Into all of this, God sends a vision to Ezekiel, a vision of the valley of dry bones, a walking tour of the valley of the dead. As the nation of Israel is pressed down and exiled and scattered, God gives this vision to Ezekiel, a vision of hope and a vision of comfort. Comfort, comfort, you say, pastor, and perhaps Ezekiel might have been thinking the same as he traipsed along the valley of the dead bones, and the question comes from God, posed to Ezekiel, son of man, can these bones live? It is probably good that it was faithful Ezekiel in that position and not me. 
Because my knee-jerk reaction as I read this passage of Scripture, the question asked to me, I would say, no. But Ezekiel in faith answers, O Lord God, you know. And God commands Ezekiel to prophesy over the bones so that they might hear the word of the Lord, and he prophesies. And the bones come together bone to bone, sinews over the bones, skin over the sinews. But they were breathless corpses. So where is the comfort and the hope, you ask? God says to Ezekiel, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come for winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they might live. And by the word of God, the dead are raised to life. An exceedingly great army. But as we find out, not just any army, we learn that this is the whole house of Israel. These are God's people. They had suffered. In fact, God calls them these slain. These dry bones had been killed. They were perished by the sword or famine or pestilence. They died violent and repugnant deaths. Are you comforted yet? And no, neither were the people of Israel until Ezekiel presented to them this vision of the valley of dry bones. You see, this is a vision. It's not a parable. It's not a possibility. It's a promise. It's a vision, a presentation of the pledge of God to his people for their restoration to life. God's people cried to him saying, our bones are dried up. Our hope is lost. We are clean cut off. And God says to them, I will raise you from the dead. God says, oh my people, I will put my spirit within you and I will place you in your own land and then you will know that I am the Lord. I have spoken and I will do it. And true to God's word, God does just that. Where is the hope and the comfort for us? Dear friends, this world seems to be coming apart at the seams and it's not the first time that it has seemed this way to God's people. Today we have rockets flashing in the east and markets crashing in the west, nations on the brink of war, a worldwide pandemic, death and decay in all around we see. But the promise of God remains, I will open and raise you from your graves. I will put my spirit in you and you shall live. In fact, God has fulfilled this promise in his son. God sent his son into a world that was broken and turbulent since Adam fell into sin. Jesus came to die on the cross to give you forgiveness of sins, not to give you something to work forward to, but something to look forward to. You see, Jesus' power for us is in his resurrection from the dead. As Paul says, Jesus was declared to be the Son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead. Our Lord God sent his son to pay for sin and to give us forgiveness. But he rose in power to show that death could not hold him and so shall it hold you neither. That is the power of God that come what may, sword or famine or pestilence, that our deaths be swift or not. We know that Christ is Lord for he will open our graves as he opened his own. And Jesus has put the spirit within us that gives us faith to trust that there is more than just this veil of tears, but a kingdom of heaven purchased and won for us by his death and resurrection. In your baptism, you received the Holy Spirit, as Paul says, a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. If you've ever looked at this world, this country, our leaders and people in power, 
The world presently seems to call good evil and evil good. And if you looked at the sky and yelled out, God, have you abandoned us? The answer is no. For the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And for what purpose? To die the death that we deserved and to bring us to our own land, a place of our own rest in heaven with him. Jesus came to bring the despairing through this life, through death, to life again, to never despair again. What is our hope? As Peter says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. When the Soviet leader Leonid Brezhnev died, Brezhnev's widow, Victoria, stood motionless by his coffin until seconds before it was closed. Then just as the soldiers touched the lid to close it, Victoria, Brezhnev's wife, performed an act of great courage and hope, a gesture that must surely rank as one of the most profound acts of civil disobedience ever committed. She reached down and made the sign of the cross on her husband's chest. There in the citadel of secular atheistic power, the wife of the man who had run it all hoped that her husband was wrong. She hoped that there was another life and that that life was best represented by Jesus who died on the cross and that that same Jesus might yet have mercy on her husband's soul. Dear friends, Christ is our hope. And our hope in Christ does not disappoint us, for our God raises the dead to life, and our God has forgiven you all of your sins and has promised you life everlasting for Jesus' sake. Thanks be to God. Amen. And now let us pray. The peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in and through Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. Hi, Pastor Sai here. I hope this message was encouraging for you. At Riverbend Lutheran Church, our goal is to support Christians in their daily walk with God and in proclaiming the love of Christ to a lost and broken world. We're a small and inviting congregation welcoming any and all who are sinful, hurting, seeking, or simply broken. Whether you're already a Christian and are looking for a church home or you're undecided about your faith and looking for answers, you are welcome here. We have a number of programs for all ages and walks of life. Sunday mornings we have worship followed by educational programs for all ages. Please join us. For more information, you can visit us online at www.riverbendlutheran.com, call us at 780-430-7382, or email me at pastor at riverbendlutheran.com. Better yet, stop in for a visit. Until then, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his peace.